Namaste Jaya Sri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Shivasari Gauravata Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare I'm wondering if this is an inauspicious occurrence that Ananda Prabhu is sitting in the back of the room. So <laughs> Because we need him to be close for auspiciousness. <laughs> but it's auspicious for his health. Very good. It's auspicious that he depends on his mind. Similar events that were taking place when where Krishna left. Remember in the first canto, and how King Yudhisthira was witnessing all these very similar events that were taking place. And Arjuna, he he came, uh, was thinking Yudhisthira, and the king was was thinking, "What is wrong with you? Why do you look so unhappy? Why do you look so de dejected?" And he was asking him all these questions. There's a whole series of questions in the first canto. Has, what has happened to you? Are you, you know, have, have you had a, have you offended some great souls, or, you know, why are you so unhappy? It's because the supreme personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, has left left this world. And so this particular um, series is talking about the influences of the inauspicious cosmic influences. So for instance, in this last verse, is saying that, you know, the inauspicious um, symptoms of, of the creation were, were over superseding the, the auspicious ones. We can see why is that so? Because it was it's described that because two great demons are, are going to be taking their birth into this world. So what's new? This world is a place of forgetfulness of God. And sin means doing activities separate from knowledge of God, from without doing actions separate from our relationship with God. We learned that in Christianity growing up. Sin means to miss the mark. So any activity done that's outside the relationship with God is inauspicious. But there's different levels of inauspicious activities. It's like you have different crimes. You have a class, class one felony, class ten felony. You have a whole spectrum. 
and you have different empowered living entities and then not so empowered living entities. So everything taking place in this world that's separate from Krishna is inauspicious. But you have different levels of inauspiciousness. So when persons with extremely um, powerful benedictions from the devas who are hell-bent on forgetting Krishna and on superseding Krishna, um, replacing Krishna, then you have extreme and auspicious environment in the world and society. And this inauspicious nature of this world creates this constant state of stress and anxiety. And so we can um, understand different sounds or different things that we see that lead to us to know that something bad is going to happen, right? Uh, just like on Sunday night, I heard this out in the siren. There was a fire truck coming right down Euclid, right by my house, my, my room. And so I stepped outside and the fire truck pulls right up to this house, right next door. And I see a fire blazing outside the house. And so I watch as the firemen get out, all suited up and take out their hose. And, and then there's a little explosion that happens. So somebody had set some trash on fire or something. <laughs> and it got out of hand. That's funny because I was smelling burning, like it smelled like burning leaves earlier that day. And I guess I was thinking this must not be legal in Tucson for this at the dark place. It was Sunday night around nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so immediately when you hear that siren, when you hear the, the sound of the ambulance the fire sirens, you know something's, you know, something bad has happened, right? So um, these different things going on in our environment that are constantly happening are giving rise to this feeling of anxiety and, and stress and um, foreboding of the future. <coughs> there's nothing, nothing as good is going to come out of this situation. And so you have this understanding that any activity performed in this world separate from Krishna, separate from uh, Shatava platform of devotional service, is creating an environment in which inauspicious activities are going to take place. So the whole process is a series of inauspicious activities. Um, there was a movie or a book, and it was series of unfortunate events, or um, I don't know, it's a series of unfortunate events. So it's like that from the very beginning, when we plant the seed of, of sinful desire, actually, uh, we're in a, an auspicious environment, which helps cultivate these desires that we've had for many, many lifetimes in this world. And, and so as we perform inauspicious activities in an inauspicious environment. Those inauspicious seeds of desire uh, begin to pop up one by one, those desires. And the, and the strong desires, they become cultivated. 
but they're all inauspicious. There might be different levels of inauspicious desires. And then we begin performing action. We begin um, contemplating the objects of the senses, and then we begin um, putting forth the effort. And then that plants once immediately, once that activity takes place, karma has taken place. Karma v karma. And so this is going on, planting seeds of inauspiciousness and then reaping those inauspicious rewards constantly. And, and so this is nothing new, but this is an extreme example of inauspicious environment of this world and how the foreboding that goes on, because they say, um, as within, so without. So as, as the inner, inner life develops, so it manifests externally. And so uh, the inauspicious things in the environment are, are triggering those feelings of stress, anxiety, fear, and uncertainty, which is constantly going on. That's why my wife's a therapist, and she has no lack of clients who want to go see her. Her adrenaline, depression, anxiety, stress, uh, you know, suicidal, constantly, there's a constant flow because of this inauspicious environment and those seeds of fear, anxiety, and foreboding in the heart. You see all these, all these different symptoms that we're reading that are taking place externally, such as the asses running hither and thither, cows terrified, yielding blood in place of milk, images of the gods in the temple shedding tears, trees falling, Without, without wind, she jackals yelling, vomiting strong fire. So all these symptoms that we're seeing, that would immediately, just like we were speaking about the sound of the siren of the ambulance, immediately gives rise to thinking something bad is happening. Someone is, is dying. There's a fire. There's, there's a disaster happening. This same external environment is taking place internally with every single person because we actually know subconsciously there's no good into this. We're doing so many things. It may seem wonderful, might seem exciting, but the living entity knows at the end there's no good end. There's no auspicious end. And so this is creating turbulence within. Uh, and so uh, my sister Kippur was talking about courage, how courage and, and encouraging leads us to be able to push forward in our devotional lives. So that courage is lacking in, in a materialistic persons because everything is subject to how things are going on in the environment. In other words, we're completely dependent on the external situation of life. And how can there be any courage in that way? Because ultimately, something bad's going to happen here. This is, a, this is a series of unfortunate events in this world. So how can there be any peace? Um, how can there be any feeling of um, positivity for the future or courage? Courage to, to do difficult things. Um, like you see, if you see a, a particular hero, someone that does things that you just wouldn't expect they would do, they put themselves in harm's way, it's because they have some deep love. And it may be 
uh, for a spouse or, or their pet. But you can see that they have something so meaningful to them, that they have the courage to put, push forward because the external environment is not going to sway their internal purpose for why they're doing what they're doing. And so this is a very wonderful state when the peace within overcomes the external um, tumultuous environment. And that's the place in Krishna consciousness that we can come to where uh, we have a deep realization of the, the inauspicious nature of this world and we, we, we gain a deep inner peace in relationship to Krishna, no matter what's going on externally. If Guru and Krishna are pleased, then I feel courage. I feel encouraged. Because I, I have that connection. I have that deep love um, in my life. And so we were speaking about how, how when Krishna left this world, the same, the same type of inauspicious occurrences were happening um, in the environment. And so we can see that the, the ushering in of this, um, this light, this, this positive influence, is, is from the influence of great souls. So when Krishna leaves, there's this darkness and chaos, and it's a, it's a stark example of what happens when inauspicious influences move in, but when, when, when these strong materialistic influences come in our life. Because again, our life is a microcosm of what's happening in these very stark examples. Uh, when, we, when we let the light of Krishna become diminished by external materialistic influences that take hold. And so that's why Lord Jaitanya, he said to become a faithful gardener, a faithful gardener of the seed of devotional service. Um, so that means that there's a constant struggle. There's, there's constant weeds coming up, right, in the garden. It's a constant state of maintenance. So he said, become a very faithful gardener, and every day water these seeds of devotion, and, and be very attentive to remove the weeds that can crop up in our environment. So it's not like, like an emotive passion, a material emotive passion. There's this idea that you succeed. Uh, for instance, a lot of people want to become a big entrepreneurial success. And so they have all their business systems working. And they sit on the beach and they sip a cocktail um, while everything goes on and they just collect the paycheck, right? You have these books to become a rich person that everything is just going on like that. So that's the mode of passion. But in the mode of service, there's a constant, a constant um, continuation of day-to-day, moment-to-moment. Cultivate, cultivating um, with purpose what we are doing and going deeper into that. Uh, we don't reach a stage in devotional service where we have it made and we sit back and we allow the, the accolades to come to us or so many things that, that can eclipse and the devotional creeper and can, can suppress our, the devotion of, of the soul. And so, I'd like to read to you actually the opposite of what happened when Lord Krishna appeared. Because we have in the 10th canto, what happens when a great soul appears, when we have the greatest soul, Lord Krishna appearing. 
So let's see, let's see the stark contrast of what happens when Lord Krishna appears. And what we want Lord Krishna to appear on the lotus of our own heart, to destroy this darkness that's still within the sphere of uncertainty, anxiety, what that's within our own heart. So let's see what happens. Thereafter, at the auspicious time for the appearance of the Lord, the entire universe was surcharged with all the qualities of goodness, beauty, and peace. The constellation Rohini appeared as did stars like Asvini, the sun, the moon, and the other stars and planets were very peaceful. All directions appeared extremely pleasing, and the beautiful stars twinkled in the cloudless sky. Decorated with towns, villages, mines, and pasturing grounds, the earth seemed all auspicious. The rivers flowed with clear water, and the lakes and vast reservoirs full of lilies and lotuses were extraordinarily beautiful. And the trees and green plants, full of flowers and leaves, pleasing to the eyes, birds like cuckoos and swarms of bees began chanting with sweet voices for the sake of the demigods. It's very auspicious. A pure breeze began to blow, pleasing the sense of touch and bearing the aroma of flowers. And when the brahmanas engaged in ritualistic ceremonies, ignited their fires according to Vedic principles, the fires burned steadily, undisturbed by the breeze. So that was in contrast to the trees falling without any breeze. Thus, when the birthless Lord Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, was about to appear, the saints and brahmanas, who had always been disturbed by demons, like Kanksa and his men, felt peace within the core of their hearts, and kettle drums simultaneously vibrated from the upper planetary systems. The Kanaras and Gandharvas began to sing auspicious songs. The Siddhas and Charanas offered auspiciousness, prayer, auspicious prayers. And the Vidyadharis, along with the Apsaras, began to dance in jubilation. The demigods and great saintly persons showered flowers in a joyous mood, and clouds gathered in the sky and very mildly thundered, making sounds like those of the ocean's waves. Then the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu, who was situated in the core of everyone's heart, appeared from the heart of Devaki in the dense darkness of night, like the full moon rising on the eastern horizon, because Devaki was the same category of Sri Krishna. Okay. So then how also... How do devotees feel when other great souls leave this world? We have Narantam Das Thakur. So he said, this is what I wrote down in the song. Let's see, let's see what they feel like. This, this is why they feel this way. Because they understand the only light in our life. Because this whole material world, separate from God, is a place of inauspiciousness planting the seeds of future destruction. That's why we have the fear, uncertainty, anxiety. Because everything is leading to ultimate destruction of everything we hold dear in this life. So let's see the realization of Narottam Das Tagore and his attachment to the Lord and his associates. So he said, He who brought the treasure of divine love and who was filled with compassion and mercy where has such a great personality as Advaita Acharya gone? Where are my Swarup Damodar and Rupa Goswami? Where is Sanatana? Where is Raghunath Das, the savior of the fallen? Where are my Raghunath Bhatta and Gopal Bhatta? And where is Krishna Das Kaviraj, 
And where did Lord Narunga, the great dancer, suddenly go? I will smash my head against the rock and enter into the fire. Where will I find Lord Loranga, the reservoir of all wonderful qualities? Being unable to obtain the association of Lord Goranga, accompanied by all these devotees in whose association he performed his pastimes, Narottam Das simply weeps. That's how the devotees feel. Like last night, we were reading about Prabhupada leaving. He's the only source of auspiciousness. Everything before Srila Prabhupada, everything before we meet the devotees is inauspicious, especially in Kali Yuga. And so this gratitude to Srila Prabhupada, to the devotees, as we gain realization, will build in our heart. He created our good fortune. So um, I had some more things I could share. By, um, we have any discussion? Yeah. Um, it's really striking the, the paradox between Krishna's leaving the planet and this, like you said, so many overlaps. Uh, you know, this whole thing about climate change, pro and con, Prabhupada brings it right to the point that as, as the consciousness gets more and more demonia, then you're going to have all these disasters. But nobody's talking about that. But nobody connects causality with consciousness in our nature. So it's amazing. It's so everything is it's previous purport and these purports, it's, it's the answer. But no one wants to go there. Yeah, and why did they have that fear, uncertainty, and anxiety? Just for a good reason. <laughs> Yeah. Because we're we're we're, we're heading in a place of no good place. Yeah. There's no good in. Just last night, Dayton got clobbered. Who? Dayton, Ohio. By a tornado. Right. Well, it, was, it was described as a one two punch. There was a super tornado, boom, and then another one right behind it, boom. Now the whole town is like, looks like Dayton. Looks like a dollhouse. The fire chief said, looks like a doctor, somebody opened up the dollhouse and the contents spilled out, you know, the whole but miraculously nobody died or was even hurt. But so what's what's wrong? What's why these things? It's because of the consciousness of the people. And then and if the consciousness gets worse, then it creates more. And it's a it's a downward spiral. It's just amazing. But no one has a clue. I never listened to anything about politics ever, but I was listening. I was watching a video of the sannyasis and uh, the SGGS me where you were there. You were dancing with all the devotees, and uh, sometimes you scroll down, and usually you think you're going to get another Krishna consciousness video, but this video of Donald Trump popped up. <laughs> so I listened for for maybe a minute. And he's, you know, his whole speech is trying to defend himself from these attack, attacks from, from the liberal party. Yeah. And it's like, this is what, you know, this is their solution. <laughs> he's like, you know, my son's a good boy. He's accused of this. And, you know, they did this investigation. <laughs> whatever, whatever the platforms are, the, the behavior and the activities of anybody, practically, it's, it's so vicious. I'm on this since, are you getting these uh, Tulsi messages now? 
It's funny. I guess maybe I checked it off. So every week, every Monday, uh, Tulsi has a message. So yesterday, she was on Memorial Day. She made it a point to go down to Fort Hicks in Honolulu, or Hickam, Hickam, uh, and to see the troops off to their latest deployment. And it was her, it was her unit that she had two tours on. And her whole pitch was, uh, these, these wars are so unnecessary. You know, regime change and, and American power and all this stuff. And she's a veteran. So it was a very powerful message. The thing is, the Belo was a regime change war. <laughs> but but it was but it was and they had righteous leaders. Righteous. It was As opposed to now, we do a regime change and we put one yeah, rascal in for for the place of the other. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, I'm only proud that that's all I was talking about. Books. It's not important. I was thinking uh, from yesterday when you shared just how one uh, proud part didn't leave the planet, how just the mood was. And uh, I was thinking, like when he was here in his physical presence, like he knew, like these, these disciples of him, they have, they developed such a deep love and attachment to him. And when he left, um, he was no longer, you know, he was no longer present, but he imprinted himself in all of the scriptures. He gave his, he gave, you know, he gave every ounce of himself in the scriptures and his words and his purports, and he's present in his body. And I feel like it gave, it gave me and his, his disciples, it gave them more of like an impetus or motivation to maybe take shelter of the scriptures. Maybe he did that on purpose. I feel like in some way that he knew, like, you know, like, I, I just, I feel like he, he intentionally did that. And so, I, I don't know, like, does that make sense? Because, yeah, it's a good point, some, actually. In some yeah. way, like, he knew, like, he knew that they were going to feel these, these, because, you know, in separation from your spiritual master, must feel really heavy. You know, it just, I, I feel like it, it gives them more of, like, a drive to be like, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm gonna hear from you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read. You know. I. I, I just. I don't know. I'm. I just. This is. I think we're real. We're real. Because from day one, he was saying that the instruction is more important than the physical body. He was telling that from day one. I think we were reading. He was saying that it's my duty to do this so that you love me more. Yeah. And so and so you're right. If because Prabhupada endeared himself so much to his disciples, now he wanted dive into his teachings more, right? I mean, that's why I see, you know, I hear sometimes in the office, I hear what's strange for people listening to, listening to Prabhupada's lectures. Or is it NPR? I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> it is for everybody to my instructions. That's the dedication and follow Yeah, and he specifically said that, that I am there in my books, I think the best of me in my books. He was telling he was telling the same thing that uh, I believe Buddha was telling to the gopis mm. their separation from Krishna. That you can you can ease that, that suffering in your heart by reading the Srimad Bhagavata. <laughs> in that same way, Prabhupada, I put the best in me in my books. So if you miss me, if you miss my association, read my books. Because that is because Prabhupada was saying basically I'm expressing my whole heart in these books. 
Okay, anything else? Okay. 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 I'm surprised any of us that are still standing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I scared the Indians with my fake hot dog. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Sadamani, probably. Huh? <laughs> Sadamani? Um, you see, sometimes devotees talk about Prabhupada, how much they love Prabhupada, but if they're not hearing his words and reading his books, then it's just sentiment. It's, just to be attached to a body. And you know, sometimes you can talk about the great devotee days or whatever it is, but they don't wrap it up philosophically. And, you know, it's a very mixed um, relationship. Yeah, and we're so used to just that sentimental idea about love. Like, well, I'm not going to give an example of pets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I just, I felt, you know, I feel so nice with, you know, my, my little furry, you know, cat or something. But, um, oh, the morning again is a great example. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love you so much. I'll see you next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel so good thinking about you, Shiva Prabhupada. What is, what is Prabhupada? And that, that's, that's it, because he's expressing fully his heart in his books. He's saying, you want to know me, you read my books. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's like writing these purports. He's like leaving himself behind. He's like, this is where you need to go. And Sasha, this is where you need to go. Yeah. It's like he's leading you there. He's just like, if you really love me, this is where you know you need to. I think he loved us more than any other Acharya. Yeah. He loved us more. Like, you know, imagine somebody leaving yeah. so much. At least from my tradition, from the Christian tradition, hardly of anything. So. Yeah. I mean, the whole Christian faith is spreading and multiplying and going all over the world by one book. Yeah. And they don't even yeah. interpret it right. And it's fuzzy. Yeah. Okay. Gratulations, Srimad Bhagavatam Gita. Srimad Prabhupada Gita. What's your cup? What's your guys like? Yeah. It's